This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. to Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 Eugene Peterson's message bible and it says so here's what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday ordinary life your sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And that's what we're going to be talking about, you know, just how we don't need to just go through life and think that our church life or Christian life is separate from our work life. But like Eugene says in his translation, Every single thing that we do is worship. And I am so excited today to have on the podcast my good friend, Doris Oyegade. Doris, welcome to The Candid Life. Thank you very much, Lydia. I'm delighted to be here. You know, Doris, you and I have known each other for many, many years. And, you know, over the years, we've done a lot of things together, including sing. Uh-huh. I can always check. I look at me. <laughs> here I am just bragging about my CD. Hello. Check it out. It's on um, Spotify, God of the Nations. Doris and I actually sang on that together. I really want you to just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And then we'll just build on our conversation. Okay, yes, my name is Doris, like you rightly said. I'm married, I've got a lovely husband and two children. I've got many professions, but (laughs) what I do to earn money at this point in time is I support adults and children with learning difficulties Mm. and the whole of the autistic spectrum it's not what i studied at all in university but what i was called to do to bring a heart of compassion into looking after people that are sometimes ignored and marginalized Mm. just to bring in the love of god as i do my day-to-day work that's fantastic so how long have you been actually doing this at least about 20 years now Wow. Yes. You know, I, and I think something that you said very, very importantly about bringing the heart of compassion yeah. to this kind of work. I mean, I've also done, worked with special needs, mm. autism, just a variety of different needs as well as right. an educator. Mm. And it is so, so important, like you're saying, mm. to to have that, I want to 
call it temperament. I don't know. I mean, we all need to develop certain attitudes. That's right. Especially when you're working with the most vulnerable amongst us. That's right. And I honestly, as I've worked with children in particular, because I'm a teacher, um, with various needs, Mm. one of the things that I believe God just showed me is that every single one of us is special. And we all have needs. That's right. You know, and I think if we realize and we see each person that we encounter mm. through that lens, mm. that we all are special because God created us special. special that's and right. we all have needs, mm. we will have a lot more compassion and grace towards each other. Than to see the person yes. before the need. Exactly. Yeah. And so I really applaud you for extending the compassion of the Lord in, in what you do. So, hmm, why are we here today? Good question. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Like I said, you know, work as ministry. And back to that scripture, everything we do is ministry. What are some of the other ministries? You've talked about the work that you do, but you said you are involved in other things. How are you using your talents in reaching out to the community? Okay, um... Like I did performing arts in university mm-hmm. and also public admin uh, as a master's degree. So for the performing arts right now, I use it to reach out to the community. Sometimes I'm involved in filmmaking and these stories have messages that touch people. Mm-hmm. I'm also into storytelling, telling stories that change the society subtly Mm -hmm. or when they're focused on the bible bringing the bible alive so that people can actually understand many people don't read the bible but my stories bring them alive and then they understand it in a different way then for my public admin side of things. I have another ministry called Cry Aloud Prayer Initiative, which is praying for the nation. Mm -hmm. So rally people from different nooks and crannies of the Christendom to pray for our nations, communities, the church of God. I have to organize this meeting. So public admin too comes into bear. Mm -hmm. So everything I've done always has a meeting point. That's right. I I think, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is just how you are using just the various gifts and talents that God has given you and even your education, really, in spreading the gospel in a very practical way so that people can engage with the good news. Because that is what God, you know, commanded us to go. Mm -hmm. Right. But he didn't say just go with one way of doing things, go with a variety of ways and and different gifts and talents that he's allowing us to do. Now, like we said, work as ministry. And I'm very curious to know how you, through your work, share in the gospel. I mean, you're working with folks with different um, learning needs and just interacting with the various staff that you meet there. Can you share some of the stories of how you are ministering to the people in your workplace? Okay, yes, I just go in. Every day is an ordinary day, but no day is an ordinary day. Mm -hmm. So I always pray and look out for opportunities. I don't always go like shoving the gospel down people's throats. You wouldn't 
really do that in a workplace, but just looking out for opportunities like somebody complaining that, oh, I've got this pain there. And I say, oh, do you mind if I pray for you? Or sometimes I just share my testimony. I remember I had um, pain in my knee that needed a knee replacement, really. Mm -hmm. And I received a miracle. So sometimes I just share that testimony. And then somebody might say, oh, could you pray for me? I remember one lady in particular. She was deaf in one ear right from when she was born. So when I share this testimony, I said that, uh, if I pray for you, I trust God to do uh, something unusual in your life as well. And she was more keen to be prayed for than either. <laughs> she was like, are you going to pray for me or what? <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, stuck one thumb in her ear and said, ears, I command you to open in Jesus' name. And she was like, oh my goodness. It looks like something popped. And then she was now texting me the, the next day that oh, when she got home, she was telling um, her partner, say, oh, can you lower the volume of the TV? And he was like, what's, what's with you? That's, you're, you're, you're deaf in, in one ear. He said, no, uh, Doris, pray for me at work. <laughs> and she told me, I said, well, oh, God. You're so Hallelujah. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, so good. So good. He's still doing miracles today, right? Yes, just, he does. Just obedience. Go mm. on, share another one. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Okay. That's that. a good reminder, you know, because sometimes, I mean, a- again, it's just one of those things you, you stepped out. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, I mean, how do you feel? You know, we, we're in a society right now where people are constantly on edge about their faith. Yeah. You know, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, they're always on edge. They don't want to offend anybody. Mm. So... It's wonderful to hear that you're able to just step out, of course, in faith and to share your testimony and yeah. even pray. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, when I have that quickening in my mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. it's not every single person yes. that I meet that I pray for, but there are times that, you know, the angel is troubling the water. There's that mm. quickening, there's that bubbling up, mm. even in the neighborhood as well. I remember one of my neighbors, she is a Muslim mm. but there was now a spate of robberies around our place so mm. she was so worried that, to the extent that um, she had a mini stroke and one side of her face um, was uh, stroke like so she just came over to ask me to overlook her house that she was traveling and I noticed that one side of her face was like that Without thinking about it, I just laid hands on her and said, Face, I command you to align in Jesus' name. She has gone before I remember. Oh, Doris, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) And the next time I saw her, it had aligned. So, hey, (laughs) God is good. (laughs) Amen. That is so good. And it's Mm -hmm. just that. Again, I mean, I'm hearing just childlike faith, right? Yeah. Jesus said these were the things he said he was going to do. He was giving us authority and power over these things. That's right. So tell me, how did you come to faith? Oh, that's an interesting one. (laughs) So before I came to faith, I wasn't really 
interested in the things of God, even though I was a church goer. Mm -hmm. I just had that feeling that God is not fair, that how can I say, uh, Jacob, I love Esau, I have hated. And, and it was almost like a crusade for me. It's like I didn't want to hear anything. But one person said to me, he said, but is it you that the Lord said that about? It's like, what's your problem? So there was this day, there was this evangelist that came to town. I was in Nigeria then. His name is Reinhard Bonke. <laughs> And the speakers were so loud the way they were booming and just as a matter of interest, I just wanted to know what was going on there. And he was now sharing at the crusade that day. I know it was October, either the 2nd or the 3rd of October, 1990. Mm -hmm. He was sharing this story about the mother hen and the eaglet. Mm -hmm. So this eaglet fell among the hens, chicks, and always pecked us along with them and food, never looked up. But one day, the mother eagle was going ahead and saw, this looks like one of mine, <laughs> and went down to look and went, bah, 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 bah. and because this eaglet had never looked up before, it just carried on. But when the noise was a lot, it looked up and suddenly saw, I look like that one up there. And so it tried to fly and because it never flew before, it fell down, but with few tries, now flew up and went to be with the mother eagle. And then it was like, for the first time as well, I looked up. Mm. And because I'm a performing artist, stories always appeal to me. So this story appealed to me. I said, oh, so I'm not meant to be among the chicks with the hen pecking dust. I'm meant for spiritual things. I'm meant to be up there. So when I looked up, I my heart also looked up. And that day I surrendered my life mm. to Jesus. And there hasn't been any looking back. So. I just love the way God has a way of communicating to us yes in a way that makes sense mm -hmm. and for you it was that story yeah stories always make sense to me you know and that story was just such a connecting point for you yeah. to be able to turn your life to the lord because mm. you related that's right so how did your family respond when you you went back and said hey or did you go back and say hey I did, but they saw it in me as well that, you know, everything just changed the way I was praying, the way I wanted to go for fellowship. Mm. And at that point in the life of my family, we were nominal Christians. Mm. So especially when I started speaking in tongues, oh, they didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> uh, cray cray. <laughs> oh, it's like you lost the plot. <laughs> Maybe in the right direction. Yeah, but, anyway, but yeah. today everybody thanks God for me. Amen. And um, so many of my people have come in line as well. They are Christians That's now. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. We all go through highs and lows and plateau moments in our life's journeys. Have you ever experienced any challenge in your life that you really had to just call in the Lord and have him just reset you again? Oh, yes. I remember there was a time when... I was struggling, especially in the area of prayer. Mm. I found out if I pray for like two or three minutes max, I've lost, <laughs> I've lost fire. I just couldn't cope with any much more than that. But mm. I thought that this is not the way it should be. I cried out to God and then 
after then they suddenly opened there was like a prayer school I was laughing that you teach people how to pray but I went anyway out of curiosity and at the end of it some fire uh, was ignited in my bones but I didn't realize that that longing was there because God was setting me up for the ministry of prayer mm. there are so many divine setups in my life <laughs> it's unbelievable talk to me about those moments those divine setups okay like this one I was saying to you as well somebody that can't pray but mm. desire to pray now went to prayer school and then not knowing that um, God was setting me up for bigger things. And the prayer ministry, was, it's not like I just say, yeah, I want to have a prayer ministry. No, I, I belong to um, a media group where we used to do all the film, the stage acting and things. Mm -hmm. But we do a lot of praying as well, just to help us with our activities. But then there was a day that I had an open vision at home. And in that vision, it was a corner shop and in that corner shop there was a man behind the counter and it was just selling things normally to people but when the youth came in he was taking ammunitions from behind the counter and giving it to these children mm. and I stood and I looked at the man I said if it was your child would you do that mm. and the man just looked at me and opened his teeth and had a big smile. So I went out of the shop and I was pondering and wondering that why would people behave like this? And the Lord said to me, it's closer home than you think. Only to get to the meeting and then we were just sharing about prayer and our leader then was sharing that the Lord wants us to move into the prayer ministry as well. So I just shared this revelation and she just started screaming and said, thank you, Lord, for making my job so easy. <laughs> the Lord said that you're supposed to lead this aspect of the ministry, cry aloud prayer initiative. And of course, if the Lord hadn't set me up, my answer probably would have been no. Because look at me, just coming on the journey of praying. I was so worried that where would I even get prayers to be? praying and leading people to pray every single week i said to the leader my prayer generator where am i gonna find this <laughs> prayers for we still joke about it today because every single week i place prayers that so many people pray and i organize prayer rallies that so many people come to the prayer generator <laughs> It's the Lord and it's still... Absolutely amazing. And it's just really, mm. I mean, from what you're saying, it's just you being available mm. and God just downloading. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, isn't that yeah. what it is? He just, yeah. you were just there yeah. as a vessel to mm. receive whatever it is that he wants to pass on yeah. and you communicate it. Mm. to the people that's right you know and i think that's mm. what it takes the pressure off of you yes it does because god actually i just come what we praying about this week and he actually downloads it now it's been it will be 13 years uh wow. yeah this year that that prayer ministry has been going on and every year we do like three prayer rallies mm -hmm. yeah that's fantastic. And the same thing with the storyteller's world as well. Even though I was writing, I was writing all these stories and all of a sudden the opportunity came in that I should start broadcasting it on 
on radio but mm. because naturally I'm a shy person I that's why I love to hide behind radio but one day my producer in the studio he just said these are so good you need to go live we need to do a video I said no I said yes no I said, <laughs> he said no yes no yes he said anyway you're live now so you better you better open your mouth and talk about what so I quickly sat up and said, oh, hello. Uh, this is the storytellers. Well, this is Doris. Yeah, stories that entertain, I that. educate. I was like, oh, my goodness. And <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. I love that. Okay, too late. You're live. What are you going to do about it? And that's right? since 2015, 16. So it's like everything is a setup because yeah. God knows that I need that extra push, push behind. Yeah. I love that because sometimes, like you said, you know, we can shy away. Mm. We don't feel that we are equipped or we're ready. Yeah. And you need somebody to just give you that little extra shove mm. to make you realize that there's a lot more mm. in you that can come out. And I think all of us need that person to push us forward. Mm. You're a woman with many, many talents, many, many gifts. And I think the one question I, I have for you with regards you know, back to ministry, work and ministry. What kind of learning have you experienced as you have been serving alongside um, the most vulnerable amongst us, really? Mm. What are some of the lessons that you've learned? I've learned to treat everybody as God's creation, that God loves everyone and he knows their names and, you know, I find out that in the society today, you might go out with somebody that's got special needs and they'll rather talk to you than talk to the person and say, oh, what would so-and-so like to drink when so-and-so can speak for themselves? So just also sensitizing, you know, the populace that, yes, these people are here just like you're here. Everybody is equal before God. So bringing that out, you know, subtly as well, to change the way things are even in the society and um, just come alongside them to understand people as individuals, know what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what concerns them and people should not be overlooked. I mean, it's not just that people with learning difficulties, even the homeless, uh, sometimes in church we minister to, to the homeless. And I remember one day, I was with these homeless people and I asked them before I went after chatting that, um, so what would you like me to pray for before I go? And uh, one of the men said to me that when we're sleeping on the street tonight, that nobody steals our blankets off us while we're sleeping. And, I, and that just made me think that, you know, things that you take for granted, I mean, how, why would I sleep and my blanket would disappear before morning? But this is happening in the society and God is concerned about what concerns them as well that's why that prayer came about that is so true it just takes me back to that thing that you know the Lord impressed on me I've actually gone to Ghana on a fact-finding mission to learn a little bit more about special needs education in Ghana at the time and whilst I was there the Lord took me back to in the Corinthians where he talks about uh, one body and many parts and that every single part of the body 
is important. That's right. If one, even the, the hidden parts, you have to take care of even more so than those on the outside that everybody sees because, say for example, your heart stops, your toast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your heart stops, your toast, right? So oh, definitely. Those sensitive parts, the mm. hidden parts, you even have to take mm. extra care mm. of them. And so, again, it was just this whole vulnerability with people. And he said, listen, mm. Lydia, we're all special. We are. Right? We're all special. Psalm 139 mm. says it. We are mm. all created special, mm. knitted, mm. carefully you know, in our mother's wombs, we're special. Yeah. But we all have needs. Mm. You know, if you, somebody's special needs is visible. Mm. But no. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be visible. Mm. You may be going through a challenging time. Yeah. And you need somebody to come alongside you and support you. Or yeah. help you, whatever it is that you need. Mm. You know, and so having that lens yeah. through which you look at people, like you said, mm changes your whole perspective that's right that way you're able to come alongside people with a mm. lot more grace mm. and mercy knowing that god has given you mm. or expressed that grace and mercy to you that's right and so you're pouring out mm. from that and from also that lens. yeah and also to be more discerning of what people need that's when being a christian is a an added advantage that sometimes mm. even what people are not saying you were hearing mm. in this society in particular many people are lonely mm. and people with special needs are even more lonely because people just don't want to go near them for certain reasons sometimes or sometimes it's just ignorance you know you just don't know how they'll react to things but it's not just special needs i mean the old people fall into this bracket as well there are just so many people that are wishing that somebody would talk to them that's why sometimes you might go into a supermarket and um, the cashier is talking more than they should to one customer. <laughs> it's because they're lonely. They're lonely. They, they not, need they've a not, They've not had a conversation for a week. I remember there was one homeless guy that came to church. All I said to him was, hello. And he said, hello, what's your name? I said, I'm Doris. He said, oh, hello, I'm Harry. And we talked for one hour. Maybe the talk that he has not talked in one month, he got it in quickly that day. <laughs> so we should uh, be so discerning. Mm. God wants us to come alongside people. Many things that go on in people's heads is because that there's nobody to sit down with. And, and many people end up in psychiatric wards as well because there's no outlet, mm. as it were. So before you know it, the enemy is suggesting things. And you say, oh, I saw that person. look looked like they were fine, but did you find out how they actually were? Hello goes a long way. Hello does go a long way. I was talking to my mom. My mom is in her 80s. And of course, she's aging. Like, we all are eventually going to reach that point. <laughs> mm. And I asked my mom, so how do you feel about aging? And she said three things. She said, um, one, you move slow. Or slower. Or slower. <laughs> you know, you move slower. <laughs> you lose your rights. <laughs> not completely. completely. We had that discussion already. We, not mm. completely. But it was interesting that she, she felt that way. Mm. 
They said you do what you're told. And again, that was mm, an That's a tall order as well. That was a tall order, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, you don't you lose your rights completely, but there's a sense in which you almost have to succumb to the instructions that you're given mm. you know, in order to make progress mm. in some way. Oh, there's so many reasons for so that. There's so many reasons, you know. But the other thing mm. as well I picked up on was how so often we're not patient enough to listen. Mm. And so instead of giving them the time to process the information, they talk over them. That's right. Or fill in the gaps mm. of what they think or just make an assumption mm. or dismiss mm. what they're saying That's right. because they think they don't know what they're talking about. That's a dangerous place to be, mm. especially when you have somebody who is vulnerable. And I think just allowing people a little bit of extra time That's right. to process mm. what they're thinking mm. It's so important. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be an elderly person. It could be anybody. Could be I think anybody. In any kind of relationship. Mm. Allowing people that little extra time to process. Because mm. we all process things differently. That's right. And some people are very fast in talking. Very fast processes. Uh, others have to think, think it, it through. through. And then say. Mm. And so just that art of listening and giving that little extra grace and time mm. for people to process yeah. goes a long way in bringing mm. healing and restoration. That's right. Because sometimes when you just dismiss somebody in yeah. their conversation, you actually hurt them. That's because right. Because they're not being heard, mm. right? And so. uh, then if somebody that was struggling to come out with it anyway, they now bottle it there forever. Mm. And, um, you know, I think it's a social malignancy that... Um, we just need to change as a society. Mm. Slow down. Slow down. Listen more. Yeah. Wow, Sister Doris, what do I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you share maybe a really fun moment that you have had? Uh, any particular one that really, really comes to mind or stuck with you when you went out to ministry? Growing up in Nigeria. There's this kind of hair that looks like um, Rastafarian mm -hmm. that many people that had mental health issues used to wear. So I had a phobia of this kind of hair. Anywhere I see it, I walk very, very quickly. And there was this day I went out shopping. I was waiting at the bus stop. I just looked down the road and I saw a man looking like he had actually lost the plot with that kind of hair. Approaching very quickly, I wanted to dash into the road. The road was too busy. I thought if I run, he might just take a cue and run after me. So I decided that, oh, if I pretend to be looking at the bus uh, times, he might just walk on by. But to my rude shock, when I turned back, he was face to face with me, peering into my eyes. He went, what's your name? I said, my name is Doris. <laughs> he said, Doris, okay. He said, where do you live? I just called the name of where I live randomly. And um, I was thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? This man is not going to go away. I was palpitating and everything. So I said, um, you know, um, Jesus loves you. He said, I don't care about Jesus. I said, oh, just say this after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, uh, come into my heart. Come into my heart. And be the Lord of my life. And then when I finished, he went, um, thank you, Doris, and hugged me and went away. And um, before he came, 
a bus was coming. I tried to stop the bus. The bus driver just looked at me and went. I said, am I a mad person? Why would you pass me by and not stop? And then when he had gone, I stopped the next bus and that one smiled and let me in. So I, was, I sat there, I was pondering that, what is this about? The Holy Spirit said, no, you're not mad, but I stopped you to meet a madman. And then a few days later, I was praying. And then um, the Holy Spirit said, do you actually know that that man um, you met was not a madman? It was an angel that I planted there. That he was telling me that one lesson I want you to learn is that no matter how mad a person is, their spirit can receive the things of God too. If I want to send you to people that have that kind of hairstyle, you already have a block there. You will not minister to them. So we need to remove this thing nice and clear. Then a few months later, I went to a McDonald's. There was another man with that kind of hair. I got God's message, but I was still uncomfortable. So this man was looking at me like that as well and he said oh where are you from so i just said oh um have you had that hair for a long time he said yeah for many many years you can come and touch it if you want i went what but i went up i summoned courage and i touched it by the time i looked again the man wasn't there the lord said you see what i mean you have to take this thing totally out of your mind if I send you to whatever type of person you should be able to represent me, minister to me. So that was funny, yet not funny. But it's hilarious when I remember it today. You pointed out something really, really important there about our own preconceived notions. Yes. And our biases mm. that can actually be stumbling blocks. That's right. In reaching out to people who... Mm. do need the Lord, yeah. you know, and I, I love the way God is so gracious mm. in bringing you face to face with two separate yeah. individuals, yeah. but helping you to overcome that fear. Mm. That's not to say you won't have those moments, mm. but at least having faced it twice, you're yeah. not going, mm. you know, if you face, if you meet somebody who mm. has that kind of, that barrier is actually that broken barrier now. Is broken, yeah. you know, so, mm. you know, it's good. To mm. be able to recognize that and then be willing to push through that mm. fear to a place of faith so that that doesn't become a barrier anymore. So that's, that's a great thing as a person who sees work as ministry, but also somebody who is in ministry in the prayers and all the various things that you do to reach out to spread the gospel to others. What does it mean for you to live the candid life? Mm, just as I go along to look for opportunities, to encourage people, to love people, to lend a helping hand when, when I can, just to see life as ministry, not compartmentalizing my life. Everything is inter, in, interwoven. So I'm not like, oh, I'm in church, so I have to behave in a certain way. I've got my own work ethos as well. So no matter what is going on around me, I do my own things in a certain way that I won't go below that standard and not because of the work itself, but because um, I owe it as a duty to God then a duty to the people that um, I work for and a duty to myself to be a good citizen of God's kingdom. Hmm. Can I just say a very, very big thank you for coming on the podcast today? So, family, you've heard from our sister Doris Oyegade. 
uh, a woman who sees life as ministry, because that is what God has called us to, to live our lives in a way that will glorify him. Every aspect of our lives is ministry. And so I just want to encourage you to do the same. Uh, before we close out, Doris, can you just pray for our listeners that they will start seeing every aspect of their life as a ministry? Okay, thank you, um, Lydia, for having me. I'll now pray for our audience. Father Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for all our listeners out there today. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every area of their life, O oh Lord, will be seen as both work and ministry. There'll be no compartmentalizing of their lives in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus as they go, Lord, give them opportunities, cause them to see as you see in the name of Jesus so that they can do your bidding in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for grace, for the race. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sister Doris. So, folks, you can connect with me. Just email me on livethecandidlife at gmail.com. That's livethecandidlife at gmail.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, YouTube, and get a word of encouragement on TikTok. And like I said, the stories you hear will inspire, challenge, and empower you to live differently so that you can impact your generation and the next. So until next time, live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Inaindeshwa na Afripods. <laughs>